You will fail. So what? Everybody does. But your gym, your watch, your yoga pants, they pretend you won't. So when you miss a day, eat the pancakes. Give up on a workout? You failed? Seriously, what the hell? We're body. We've been a part of that too, but not anymore. At body, we're rejecting perfection and embracing reality. Not in a pizza Monday kind of way, in a loving your whole life kind of way. In a, this workout is fun and it's okay if I take a week off kind of way. In an, I'm eating healthy and it's okay if I indulge kind of way. In a, I like myself no matter what kind of way. Yeah, you will fail. We all will. But we're not going to let that be the end. You see that? We're already making progress. So let's keep going. We are body. Start your free trial at body.com. That's B-O-D-I dot com. Hi, I'm Vanessa. And I'm Abby. And you're listening to Real Moms of Bravo, a weekly Bravo podcast where we recap your favorite Bravo shows in 30-ish minutes or less. Hi. Hi. It has been... I feel like there's more drama going off like camera, like not being filmed right now with Bravo than there is going on camera. And this was a pretty big week for those like episodes that released. But before we dive into them, I want to give everyone a little update. I was at AC squared on Friday. Yes. I'm so, so excited to hear all about it. Vanessa and I went to the first AC squared in St. Louis. So for those who aren't familiar, uh, Andy Cohen and Anderson Cooper, hence the AC squared, it's both of their initials. We'll do this like tour where they talk they tell different stories. They will answer questions. It's a really cool, like intimate way to understand their friendship a little bit more, learn a little bit more about them. Uh, and this was their 51st show. So wow. the last time they were here was like three years ago. So um, they don't do it a ton. Like, I mean, they both have jobs uh, outside of just doing these speaking engagements, but uh, it was really, really good. So for those who went to St. Louis the first time or for anyone who saw maybe their first tour and they're coming back to your city, I would say it's definitely worth going again. They tell completely different stories. And this time it was a lot more Anderson than Andy. And for those that are Bravo, you know, diehard Bravo fans, you might be slightly annoyed, but I love learning more about Anderson because he seems kind of stoic. He has those moments where he has his goofy laugh on CNN but I just I learned so much more about back him. to your meme about him gagging. Oh my God. <laughs> That's what Andy was like, in my like head. Reptilian. So <laughs> I don't want to give too much of it away because they actually like pride themselves on the fact that people don't tend to tweet out a play by play of what the event is like, because it really is just fun to listen to them. And I've heard that it's a little bit different each night. So you don't always, you wouldn't get the same thing, even if you followed them to every single you know, city, which would be a pretty big investment. But what was interesting in the Q and a was uh, he was asked, Andy was asked some hard questions. Anderson really, I think it's the past and the questions mostly because what are people going to ask him? The one thing that he had was like a Mary shag kill with political figures. And he, he passed on it of course, cause he can't really show too much bias. Um, he did like kind of do a few jokes, making fun of the, some of the people in Trump's staff, which was really funny. But Andy was asked about, Megan and Jim Edmonds, who are in St. Louis. They are both mm-hmm. from St. Louis. They live in St. Louis. Uh, you guys might remember Megan did a video for us to of her new house. Uh, I was actually going to do a drive-by and was going to give her a heads up so she didn't think I was a creep. And she's like, I'll give you one better. I'll do the video for you. So Andy was asked, what side is he on with the drama? And he said, 
both, which I booed. I think the whole audience booed. Like, no, you, <laughs> you booed. I love yeah. that. I was like, pick a side, Andy. You ask the most like hard hitting questions, like and expect answers. Give us the answer. But what I thought was interesting is he said, I hope they work it out and stay together. And I was kind of like, Ugh, you do? Like, who who really is thinking that? But what's great is that somebody asked him again, how do you really feel you need to give us the answer? And he said, he, he's like, I really don't. I don't have a side. And he said he doesn't know much about it, that basically since she's left Housewives, he hasn't really communicated with them hardly at all. And he barely, like, even was like, well, barely aware that she was going to be on OC, which I don't know if I buy that. Uh, I just, like, everybody was kind of shocked. Like, there were people around me, like, he's on both sides. Like, who isn't on Megan's side? So, yeah. no, that's really, that's really interesting. I'm honestly, in hearing that response that he gave, I feel like, and maybe Andy does this on Serious Andy, which I need to listen to, but I feel like there's, from a viewer perspective, we think he's a lot more involved than maybe he actually is. Like, I feel like he needs to, like, just tell people, all right, guys, like, I'm, I know I'm, like, the guy, but I don't know. Each each um, franchise has, like, their own production crew, their own, like, right. people doing stuff. I think that would help add some clarity there, but still, really weird that he doesn't pick a side, because, like you said, he asks people hard-hitting questions and forces people in the corner whether they want to be or not. Yeah, yeah, I mean, he's asked Susan Sarandon, like, you know, what award shows did you show up to stoned? Or which did you ever show up to an award show stoned and which one wasn't? She's like, one. You know, people give him, like, these amazing answers. But what also is interesting is somebody asked him what's going on with Tinsley. There are rumors. Not, he's like, she goes, not to spoil anybody's, um, you know, fun with New York, but there's rumors that she quit New York today. And, and because this was Friday and that she is moving to Chicago with Scott. And he said that Tinsley this season is a roller coaster. She's up and down and up and down and that the viewers are going to be pretty surprised by how the season ends for her, which leads me to believe that she probably does quit is in Chicago. I think they might be engaged. I think they might be engaged too. There's been, I've seen a lot of like Bravo fan accounts making jokes, like putting a fake yeah. engagement ring on a picture and like saying she's engaged. But I also, we also had someone um, slide into our DMs with some information saying that she does leave and potentially could be the start of Real Hospice of Chicago. Which I'm only a little surprised because Anthony, not Anthony, I'm thinking of Anthony Laria, who always gives us such good tea. <laughs> Andy said that if he ever, this was like, I'd have to Google it and find the interview and somebody will probably like fact check me and say, no, you're wrong. He never said that. But I'm pretty sure he once said that if he ever worked to do a Midwest city, he wanted to do Nashville. So, oh, I can see that. Uh, I'm surprised, but Chicago is like a, another huge, I mean, when you think about major cities, it's like New York, LA, I think Chicago's right up there in the top five, probably. So I think it'd be really interesting if they did Chicago. He always said that he will never do St. Louis because he thinks people typically in the Midwest are too down to earth. And he's like, in a good way, you guys would make for horrible TV because you're nice to one another and treat people with like respect. So maybe he doesn't think the same about people in Chicago, which, you know, as a Cardinals fan who hates the Cubs and the Blackhawks, <laughs> I completely agree. But um, yeah, I mean, so that's really kind of the scoop that's going on. And this is all happening since we last launched our bonus episode about Teresa and Joe and then Megan and Jim. And I just feel like even since then with Megan and Jim, more has come out. So oh, yeah. And like, check out her blog post. If you're a little behind, she did release her own statement. 
it was so well written, kind of opened your eyes to the whole situation. Um, I has a lot. We had a lot of people messaging us saying, "Oh, I feel bad for her now," or it kind of she provided a lot of context, way more than she needed to. But check that out. And again, if you want to know the latest on the, all the Bravo news, follow us at Real Moms of Bravo on Instagram because we'll try to keep you up to date as quickly as we can. Yes, like uh, if you work. <laughs> With either one of us, don't tell our bosses because we put a lot on our stories. We're always checking our phones to make sure you guys know when the drama hits. But so back to our regular scheduled programming. We might be a little bit over the 30-minute mark today, but I think oh, we will be. <laughs> uh, Atlanta. So I missed Atlanta. Um, for those who don't know, uh, it, like it's, we record on Sundays. And almost every Sunday evening, my uh, in-laws, my father-in-law and mother-in-law have everyone over for Sunday dinner. So I usually... I'm not able to watch Atlanta live. Um, so I have not seen the premiere, but I'm going to let V cover it for us. Yeah. So tonight was a premiere of Atlanta. And I, one first observation, major observation, Nini was not in the entire episode, which I was reminded that she signed her contract late. I was kind of surprised. I was just kind of surprised that being an OG, that she wasn't even somehow edited in there with like B-roll or something <laughs> in the first well, episode. At and all. how late did she sign it? I mean, did they did not have any sort of like storyline of just her by herself, like fighting with Greg? I don't, I mean, I don't know. I, they show her in the previews, like when they showed the trailer for the rest of the season, she's in it. I'll have to find the article and we'll share that as a part of our stories for this episode. But the episode was really great. And all the women, I mean, talk about something super relatable to Abby and I, everyone's b- babies are booming. Uh, Kenya is back on air. Love seeing her back, knowing her situation now, which was very public in the headlines. Uh, it made me feel sad for her because she said she waited so long to have this baby and wanted to throw this party for her baby because she deserved it and had waited so long and that she kissed a lot of frogs. And there were some hints into her relationship, which we now know has gone south, that he, her um, husband at the time, had a lot of business ventures in New York and now like watching it I'm watching it with a different angle like kind of looking for red flags which is sad Portia and Dennis though at the time of this when this was filmed Portia and Dennis were not together he did he did cheat on her when they were pregnant oh that didn't yeah. come out in her like Instagram and stuff People no speculated but yeah okay. a lot of speculation and it like broke my heart because she's has an eight-week-old and she's, I don't think you can do anything worse to a woman than cheating on her when pregnant because you're so vulnerable, you're so hormonal, hormonal. But then even like after you're pregnant, like spoiler alert for all you 25 year olds that listen, I don't think that's a huge demographic for us. But your body doesn't bounce back like a week later, um, a-, a la Kate Middleton and Meghan Markle, who still had a bump, you know, a couple days postpartum, which is completely normal, completely healthy. And I just think like it takes you a long time to get your self-confidence back to even feel like sexy again. So to be cheated on during that time would just be the most crushing thing I think you can do to a woman. Oh, absolutely. So and I will say she was very mature in her response. I think she quickly in having that clarity and having that child. I mean, having a child changes you in so many different ways. But she immediately was like, I don't want to talk terribly about this man. She's like, I am hurt by what he did, but he is my baby's father and he is going to be in my life so he had moved out and had been sending her flowers nonstop, and she had some pretty candid conversations with her mom and sister and it was just kind of heartbreaking to watch so then we learned also candy is also expecting a baby and 
Abby and I did some a little math before we got on air. <laughs> we think this baby may be born or could be born soon, but unfortunately, it was brought into the news that Candy was expecting twins with her surrogate. One of the twins sadly did not make it, so they have one baby, which is really heartbreaking. But I'm glad that the pregnancy is still going well, um, and she she handled that well too on air in her response. She didn't share too, too much in terms of her emotions, because I'm sure that's very, very emotional. And then essentially like a miscarriage. I think people think like, oh, it's a surrogate. So it might not be quite the same. But in her mind, in her heart, she was planning on two more kids. And now she's only having one. So that's got to be just real. I mean, I have not, you know, fortunately for myself, I've not experienced a miscarriage. I know many who have had. I just think that's got to be really hard. And I think it's one of those things, too. And. Uh, yeah, it'd be it's crazy hard. And I'm sure that's something that's always with you. Like, I don't feel like there's a timeline for getting over that. Like, I think you'll have good days and bad days, but I would imagine that's forever with you. So that's really, my heart kind of goes, my heart goes out to her because that sucks, obviously. And then Cynthia, we know now her Miss, Mrs. Hill, and she's all about Mike and she acknowledges chill. out there. <laughs> chill. Yeah. Um, Kenya had a Barbie party, like a coming out party for her little baby doll baby who really does look like a doll, which is so extra. But again, she's like, I've waited so long for this, so I don't even care. So everyone dressed like theme Barbies and Cynthia <laughs> dressed as a bride, bride, and she called it Thirsty Bride. Barbie. No. Yeah. And she had a flask and she said she was so parched and dehydrated because that's how thirsty she is to get married. I thought it so, was, awesome. I mean, that is hilarious. I thought it was really funny. <laughs> I love when people kind of make fun of themselves like that. Like to me, that is like the best sign of like a strong character. I don't know why, just maybe cause I'm weird, but I love that she did that. That's so awesome. I loved it. I mean, she kept saying a couple times in the episode, she's like, I'm 52. Like, I feel like she's at a place in her life where she gives zero fucks and she's going to embrace it. And she's like, yeah, I want to be engaged. So I thought it was really, really funny. That's awesome. Did anything else major happen? No, no like I think I those are big yeah. things. Those are the big things. But the season looks really good. Um, I think there's going to be a lot of shift in relationships. That's how they tease the trailer. I really hope the editors don't uh, trick us <laughs> with all, <laughs> with everything. But it looks it looks like it's going to be a really good season at Atlanta. So I'm excited to keep watching. Uh, I am excited to start watching again. I didn't watch Atlanta religiously uh, last. This is crazy. We've been doing this for a year now because we covered Atlanta. Yeah. When we first started. Uh, so I kind of watched in and out. So, you know, for those who don't know, Vanessa was sort of like in and out with OC and I was in and out with Atlanta, but I always like to listen to or watch the reunions. Cause it's a great way if you miss parts of a season to catch up and it really summarizes everything well. And the reunion I thought for last season was so good and set it up that this season was going to be amazing. And I can't wait to start watching it. Oh, it's going to be great. The women are always entertaining. I feel like there's always like memeable, gifable moments from their show. They have the best one-liners. Like it's their good cast. So I'm excited. I mean, who can check you, boo? Gone with the wind, fabulous. I mean, there's so <laughs> many. I love it. Um, close your legs to married men might be my favorite thing that's ever been said on. I know. Television. It's so funny. It's She's so like, what? Good. Close your legs to married men. It's like, I don't know. Like who says that? I, this was like. That was like reunion one, I think. I know. That was like the back in the day. And I'd say when Nini was more likable. Oh, I said it. Oh, I mean, is this like what you're going to say to me as she grows up? (laughs) (laughs) I will. That will be advice I will write to her (laughs) on her graduation card. (laughs) (laughs) 
I okay. <laughs> That's okay. Uh, we, we can go down a, a rat hole with that one. But, yes, we can. Um, <laughs> so speaking of marriages, uh, Dallas, we get to see the start of Leanne's big day. But before we get there, we get to see her try on her dress for basically the first time. She'd only seen sketches. She had seen fabric. But she invites Stephanie, which I thought was really sweet, to be I there to it was watch really her. Sweet. And probably because she needed to get her on the air, too, for the show. But it was really nice to be part yeah, of that moment. Yeah, I'm sure the producer's moment. like, yeah, you're going to invite Stephanie to this. Cameron um, keeps talking about her string quartet. So she didn't have a quartet. A quartet, is, for those who don't know, core. Four. Like, <laughs> four. Um, she had a trio. <laughs> like, she keeps talking about it. I'm like, you still don't understand that you did not have a string quartet. Like, even at the event they're like no there's three people it's a trio uh her comments were making me so laugh and her blatantly trying to make stephanie feel guilty because i've done that type of thing with my husband if he didn't show up to something i will like make comments oh. like that before and just be like wow if you were there you would have known that this is basically this. yeah it was the best thing ever or if like he's busy doing something that like is fun and social and i don't get to do it so i take the kids somewhere i make it sound like they were awful even if they were fine I'm like well, oh yeah, yeah public tantrum at schnooks uh yeah. he had a kid at the park and like none of that stuff happened i just make it sound like you owe me because this was major <laughs> yes but i thought her comments about that were good but what do you think about leanne's dress so i i loved pieces of it so i think she just i think they tried to do too much in one dress like i think you got to pick a style and stick with it i loved that it was kind of like a mermaid uh it had like a really pretty ruffle like, across the, the waist i liked the train if that was just the dress, beautiful. Or I loved the lace top and it was kind of like a sweetheart with a lace overlay. That would have been so pretty if it then would have just like been sort of just fitted around her waist and then almost like ballooned out like a big princess gown. I think that would have been perfect. But both together was just too much. It was too much. And I feel her hair is so pretty. Very rarely are there people out there that I look at and like you shouldn't wear your hair up. She's kind of one of them. I feel like she needs to either have like a, like a power pony where it's like a, like just yeah. a nice tight pony or her hair should be down. I thought her hair should have been down because she just looks weird to me. It made her look older. And I know she's an older bride, but yeah. it just felt more matronly to me. And she's, I think, looks amazing. I agree. I felt like, I don't know if it's because it was like pulled tight. Maybe if it was a little bit more of like a mega Markle, like messy. And like there were pieces like that would have softened around her face. She needed something more around her face. I loved though that the emerald jewels were like her pop of color. It was a lot. There was like a crown. There was a brace. But I loved that green for a little pop of color. I thought it looked really elegant. Yeah, it was, it was pretty. It was very, very pretty. But so leading up to, so I really, I felt like there was a few things that happened leading up to like her whole big day. I thought it was kind of rude that Brandy and Carrie and Deandra were all like talking shit on it, but Brandy ends up going, I'm pretty sure. And Carrie definitely was there. Like she even said, yeah, I'm going to go. Like you made a note about it. Like basically she's just going to go to talk shit about this wedding for the next six months. Oh, absolutely. Because she's done it in the press. And so knowing that, I'm like, oh, she's totally going to this wedding to talk shit. Like, she's going to, like, report, you know, um, be like, I was there, and this is how shitty it was. Or yeah, I think she even said something like, it definitely doesn't look like they spent that much money and all this stuff. I don't know if those are, like, the nicest things to say about somebody in the press, especially regarding their wedding. But as Andy said, these people aren't on TV because they're nice and down to earth. 
<laughs> I do think though, a five hour gap between ceremony and reception, people are either going to get really drunk or they're not going to show up. Oh, that's, that's a- terrible. A lot of people probably would skip that. That's the type of wedding where people would skip the ceremony. I, I like, honestly, there have been, I've only skipped a couple ceremonies. I think I've skipped two or three out of probably the 45 weddings I've attended since graduating college. And, um, one of them was because it was such a huge gap that I was like, ah, you know, I'm not like reading my makeup. It's just not worth it. I felt kind of bad, but then I found out a lot of people skipped it too. Oh, I think that's like to be expected. I'm wondering if she had a, well, I was, I think they had a timeline on the show and, and the time. Cause at first I was like, it was like an 11 o'clock ceremony. I've attended one wedding that did have like an 11 o'clock ceremony, which was like wild to me when I was getting ready and the reception was at like seven. So that's my five hour gap or I can't do math that fast, but long gap wedding. And it, it is a lot. It, it takes up your whole day. Um, I mean, pre this was pre kids, so who cares? You know, you're selfish. Right, but time. like I could go out to the bar, and it's just more of a reason to drink. But it is, it makes, it definitely makes for a long day, and it definitely makes for drunk guests. Uh, we have a friend who I felt like not a long gap, but I think it was like over four hours or so, and we we got. I remember getting really drunk with you at that wedding. It was in November. <laughs> I don't want to say who it is on the podcast. We could chat later, but I had braces at the time. If that helps you. Oh, okay. Wow. Um, but yeah, I just, I mean, there was nothing wrong with it. I just, for me, I personally, my one thing when I got married was like, I want it to be reception, like re- immediately following. Cause I just want people to just like, Same. just commit to the party from the start. Like, I don't want you to like, kind of like, oh my gosh, it's a ceremony and it's so beautiful and I'm so excited for them. And then it's like, oh, I'm gonna let this lull and I'm gonna get bored over the next four and a half hours before I get a cocktail. Absolutely. So outside of there, so we talked about the the gap. One thing I wanted to talk about too is Brandy and her daughter's relationship. I teared up watching that interaction between her daughter and not letting her um, ride the scooter without a helmet, which sounds like so silly to you and I as grown women, but to a 10 year old, it's like, what? Like, I want to do this. I've always done it. And I laughed that she said that the side, wait, the street is safer than the sidewalk. I was like, what? yeah, I don't understand your logic there, but again, it's a 10 year old. I, so, I mean, obviously our kids are two and a half and under, so we don't exactly have a ton of experience at that age. I don't think there ha- is any harder phase in parenting than a preteen girl. Like, I just think that's gotta be it's so hormonal. It's so I'm like, the egos are so big. Like I thought I was so cool in sixth grade. And then by eighth grade, I was like, yeah, I'm really not that cool. Like it took me a while to like get knocked down a little. Oh yeah. Watching that, I was mortified right now. Like I was just talking to Abby off air and telling her like how clingy and like my daughter, all she wanted was me. So the thought of there being a day where she's going to slam a door in my face and tell me like that she hates me. (laughs) like I'm not ready for that. I hope we don't have that dynamic, but it's probably going to happen. I mean, if I'm being real, Oh, I think it's hard. It's, like, it's got to be so hard, like to hear your own child that you yeah. love unconditionally and sacrifice so much for to say, I hate you. All the other moms let their kids have fun. You don't let me do that. You're awful. And then it, the thing that made me feel really bad is that, I mean, that's horrible to hear. I obviously would cry as well, but then she had to try to like put on this brave face for her other kids and like her younger daughter could be like, what's wrong? What's wrong? Why are you I crying? I know. I know. It's so heartbreaking. I actually went and sent her a message. 
and saying that she was oh. an amazing mom. I just like felt like she needed, I'm sure she's received hundreds of messages saying that, but I just wanted her to know that she's still an amazing mom. And the fact that she cares so much and that she tries so hard makes that mean that alone makes you a great mom. But yeah, so that, that was, was good. Yeah. Another thing that I think that was really hard. So Leanne's mom, at, at, from what we saw, I think she probably shows up probably late. I'm guessing. She was not there like five minutes to go before the wedding oh, started. Oh, I felt so bad for Leanne. Like, say what you want to say about Leanne. Like, no one on their wedding day deserves to have that kind of, like, stress the, like, what? seconds yeah. before they walk down the aisle. Like, how heartbreaking is that? Not to feel like you can't even show up to my wedding day. And what mother, like, doesn't make every possible effort? Like, short of my daughter getting married in Kuwait, which, I mean... I don't know how I would get there. I'd probably get shot on the way there, but I would try. I would never miss my kid's wedding. No, I would never. Cause you can't ever read. I mean, hopefully you can never redo that. Yeah, hopefully. Just, yeah. Hopefully you can never redo that moment. In, you want your kids. I hope for my daughter that she had, does that one time. Ugh, yeah. It was and really, even, I mean, I just think, it's just like for me, like I think if you can have and you can physically be there for every milestone, you should. Because there's people whose parents aren't there because their parents are no longer alive and they're missing milestones. And that's really hard. But to have a parent who could be there and chooses not to, I just I can't even understand myself as a parent. But then also thinking of like as a child, how hard that would be to basically know I'm not even a big enough priority on one of the most important days of my life for my one of my parents to just show up. Absolutely. And really quick before we move on to OC, I wanted your take on two things in this episode. There's so much that happened in Dallas. Like there, I feel like we can talk about it on and on and forever, but one of them being Mama D in that situation. Oh my gosh, I can't believe I must forget that. So I think I don't think Mama D knowingly and her filtered weird brain gave Deandra a failing business. But I think Mama D is so proud and has so stubborn that people probably gave her advice and told her she needed to be doing things and she didn't listen to them. And in her eyes, it was a perfect company because it was her company. I think she thinks very highly of herself. She's one who will never admit defeat or fault. And so I do think she handed Deandra a failing company, but I don't, I think, I believe her when she says I didn't do anything wrong. I believe she thinks she didn't do anything wrong. Yeah, I do think it's kind of sad, though, that like on the sidelines, she's not expecting her daughter to like get yeah. the company back up in positive numbers like that to me was like, OK, that sounds like you're wanting to see your daughter fail. I think there's a part of that. I think she likes feeling like nobody can do what I did, which is really sad. The one shining moment or silver lining is seeing Deandra have a husband who like not only supports her and is basically dropping everything to help her business. But he truly defended her in that moment. I mean, Deandra definitely stood up for herself more than we've seen thus far this season in a way. But I thought it was really nice to, that her husband, like, I felt like stood up for her maybe more than she did. Probably because she was terrified of Mama D, which I would be too. Oh, well, because of the trust and the money. Yeah. So I thought it was great that he spoke up for her too. I thought that was really nice. And then the last thing I wanted to get your thoughts on was Brandy's situation about her, um, her son's adoptive mother. This is so timely because one of my older sister's friends has an opportunity to possibly adopt a sibling of a child that she already adopted. And she's a little torn about it um, just because she's not sure what to do. And I know you've had personal experiences with this as well. Yes, except, except it wasn't 
necessarily the child wasn't up for adoption oh okay but well the child um it didn't sorry let me rephrase that there was another baby another sibling but the sibling wasn't up for adoption to the family that i know okay um, like that but just yeah I mean, maybe it was I, but not to my awareness I think it'd be really hard because I think there's a part of you and I, you know, we don't know, we have not adopted children. Ours are biological, but I would think there's a part of you that would want when you adopt a kid, like you love them. They are completely yours. I think it is a, an unconditional bond, like no other, but I'm sure there's a part of you that wants them to feel like they have a piece of family, but it's also kind of a slippery slope because you don't, I don't, I think it'd be really hard to necessarily have a close relationship with a birth mother. Cause there's always this fear of, I would think there's a fear of the kid connecting more with the mom or just the dynamic. It's just, it's very, very complicated and hard and there's gotta be a lot of emotions to that. So I'm sure there's a part of you when there's an opportunity, opportunity to basically give an adopted kid a sibling, you know, you feel almost compelled to do it, but I'm sure it's also hard because what if you're not really in a space where you were thinking about adopting again? Yeah. Well, I'm looking at Brandy. Like I, again, I could like feel her, <laughs> stress yeah. through the screen yeah. and especially knowing her relationship with her daughter and like I don't want to say the baby's taken away from that because th that's hard and but I babies require a lot more attention <laughs> they need you to survive yeah so I mean I, the thought I'm sure the thought of doing that again I'm curious to see like what she decides doing I'm assuming she doesn't end up going through with it based on what we've seen on uh, social media but yeah. I thought it was a real raw and moment i yeah I, I feel like brandy opens up a lot particularly with stephanie but just opens up a lot in general to the show i don't think there's a lot of people that maybe would let their daughters look the way they look now maybe she doesn't have control over it but i think it's really i'm trying to think of like the best word for it. i but i like the fact that she shows her teenage daughter saying horrible things to her and being mean to her and that this part of parenting is a really tough time because i think yeah. there's a lot of moms out there who think like, why does everyone else's daughter seem to go to the mall with them and they go to lunch and my daughter just told me she hates me. And then to see that and know somebody's a good mom and see that that's happening, I think is really refreshing. And I'm sure there's a lot of people who are in a similar situation to her who have adopted a child and are torn and conflicted about what to do about possibly adopting a sibling because maybe you're just, I think for her, she's just, she is already spread so thin. What, what would another baby do to her? Absolutely. Absolutely. So, I mean, it was a heavy episode. Now that it we, was like, a break lot. It down, I mean, like, there's geez. so much that went on. It was good. I feel like and we I'm skipped kind of some of it, it too. I like feel like we didn't talk too much about Carrie and her husband. And oh yeah, oh my god. But yeah, you're but right. That was just, it was a lot of things that are are happening with this show. It's very deep, but also like it feels light as you're watching it. Not light, but it just it's. I feel like they do a good job of balancing the funny and the sweet moments with the hard kind of heavy moments. Yes. Well, but OC we really didn't. OC. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like speaking of heavy and dark topics, let's talk about the weirdest fucking thing ever. Okay. I get it. Actually, I personally have always wanted to throw someone like a tea party baby shower because I feel like it's very feminine. It's fun. Like you can dress up a little bit differently, but I wouldn't go like queen victoria i was thinking more like i might wear a frillier dress or one that maybe let like has a bigger like a like the skirt of it is a little bit more like flared and like structured but like 
I I don't know. What that team was dumb. It was stupid. And honestly, shame on you, Vicky, for being friends that will let you walk out the house like that. <laughs> like they like are <laughs> they set you up to look like shit. I, I think it was so funny. They're basically like, you gotta do this to her makeup and turn her this way. Yeah. I think it's funny, but I also would have said, Okay, now we're wiping this off. Like this isn't what I'm wearing for my birthday. Oh no, it was the worst theme ever and even the place wasn't like too tea either i'm like you're not even i don't know it was weird it looked like a winery you know like yeah. when the, it look, reminded me for those who live in the st louis area it was like a defiance missouri winery i just that's what it looked like to me it was a very strange well, there's lots of things i mean and also gina did look like a prostitute i mean i'm glad she made that joke and comment to herself like what why would you have dressed up like that like a mess. Maybe when she was like with them buying the stuff, it like kind of was like a little Alice in Wonderlandy. It like it works, but I'm sure like showing up there by yourself, and then why would you not tell Emily and Bronwyn that? This oh was yeah, that was weird too. That seemed like an I mean clearly intentional of them not including them in that moment. Like that was kind of strange. And honestly, they ended up on the better side of it because they didn't look like fools. Yeah, I mean. I felt like the rest of them looked kind of weird. And then it became this big fight and they were drawing a lot of attention to themselves. Classic, you know, OC, but I don't know. It was a weird theme. If anyone was a weird theme. A tea party, just throw it in your house and get like cute, fancy little china and serve me some finger sandwiches. Oh, but, absolutely. Um, yeah, Gina, I well, yeah. Yeah, I think they were, clearly they were drinking a lot more than just tea. Um, but I, don't, I feel like Gina came in there kind of like guns blazing from the start. She seemed oh, annoyed. Well, yeah. No. Well, one, she we found out she had a rebound with her ex. Yeah. And then everything going on with her daughter. But yeah, she came into that lunch hot. And I mean, I guess we might as well just break down the fight that Gina and Bronwyn had. She, yeah. I mean, she was annoyed from the start. I will say as someone who like frequently has to like dine out with like clients and Co-workers, I've just gotten used to the fact to ask, like, I ask, does anyone have allergies or food preferences? And probably, I don't know, I would say like six times out of 10, somebody has some sort of allergy. And usually it's one I suspect is more of a preference, not actually an allergy. But I think also sometimes it's easier for someone to say I'm gluten-free versus like I'm doing the, I do keto diet and that's how I maintain my weight and that's how I feel healthy and feel good about myself. I'll just say I can't, I'm allergic to gluten and then it's a lot easier. Yeah, but um, I also would feel like in California, like I get it, Gina. You're not you're from New York, but why does it annoy you so much that somebody has a nut allergy and a what was the other gluten? I guess that was it, right? Well, and that she wanted the water in a cup. Yeah, that was a little odd. I mean, the thing is, uh, I think Gina didn't like Bronwyn, and it's like one of those things, like it's yeah. like a pet peeve. Like you, she kind of made up her mind about her, and then this kind of moment set her off. Yeah, that's a good point. I just felt like of all things, I could see like the water thing maybe just being like, oh, it was kind of like, not weird, but I mean, it just feels like it was extra. kind of a very extra thing to do, but she probably also had been drinking and was like, oh, I want my water in a cup. But um, the whole food thing or like just saying like, oh, I can't, you know, she needed a different salad because of like the nut thing. I mean, if you truly have a nut allergy, you've got to be really careful. So like, oh, I yeah, understand you that. We have a friend. Yeah. I mean, we have a friend who has... Uh, a, like a nut allergy I mean not to the point where she can't be around it but like she is, was telling me when we were recently together that like even at like sports stadiums 
when people sell peanuts, like she gets like hives on her legs because it's in the air. So, I mean, there are people who, this is pretty serious. Um, But yeah, Gina just was in a really bad space and she was just looking to pick a fight. But the thing she picked the fight on, so Gina gets a phone call. So prior to this, we find out that Gina's daughter, we've had a little like insight into the fact that Gina's daughter has some sensory issues. And so she took her to a place for therapy uh, or not for therapy, for an analysis to figure out if she needed therapy. And basically it was determined that she definitely has some sensory problems and she needed a little extra help to get there. But she got the phone call at the the tea party that, that they were recommending therapy. And I'm sure for any parent, and I, I hope I don't say this in a bad way, but I think for all of us, we just want our kids to pretty much have the most like normal, just kind of even keeled life as possible that we can control. So Obviously, there's going to be times where they're not picked for a sports team or they're not someone's best friend. But, you know, nobody wants their kid to have, you know, need speech therapy or no one really is like, oh, I hope my kid's dyslexic. You know, I mean, those are just things that it's really hard because just life can be challenging and hard enough. And I, I think in this day and age with the amount of teen suicide and bullying and cyberbullying, like it's a it's just a hard time for kids anyway and then you add something else to it as a parent you just worry and I think it's so hard to hear that your kid might not have air quote normal part of like when it comes to like like just understanding things or like going into kindergarten that they're going to need extra help and so obviously she was sensitive to oh that. yeah well and even in her confessional she had so much heartbreak that she felt like she didn't do something enough sooner like that was hard yeah. for, that was hard to watch too because I felt like it was a very vulnerable and real moment in that situation and yeah so she came into that like very sensitive when she received that phone call and I haven't again this is my first time watching OC again in a while and from uh Shannon's assessment later on it sounds like she doesn't open up very much or share much yeah I think Gina is very like careful about what she says I mean basically everybody knew Matt was having an affair but didn't say anything and we're just not finding out it was a little odd last season their dynamic so she basically tells the group she was something with her daughter and Bronwyn says, you're going to public school. I didn't think she intended this in a mean way at all. And maybe it's because where I live, a lot of people do private school, whether it's Catholic or just a private school in general. But I've always said that if my kids needed anything from speech therapy to physical therapy to just, you know, additional help, maybe they're ADHD that I would probably move to a different area that has a stronger public school system because within the public school, typically those resources are made available to you throughout the school hour. So if you need a speech therapist, if you need uh, help with like reading or math or something, typically those things are included. Whereas if you're in a private school, you have to find all those people yourself. So you're researching, meeting, but then it's also things that are done outside of the school hour, like school time. So I have my older sister's friend, all of her kids went private except one of her daughters went to public school because by the time they figured out the schedule for her daughter, she basically would be in school from eight to three forty-five, And then from four to seven forty-five, four days a week, she would have different types of like therapies and assistance and tutors. Wow. Could you imagine like basically telling a kid for 12 straight hours, you're going to be like, that's, that's a that lot. Like, that's a lot. So I mean, I, I get, so I get where Brownwin was coming from. I didn't think it was said with intent or mouse. I think she's basically saying like, 
good, you're doing public school, you're going to have these resources. But did you take it? I mean, what way did you take it? So not knowing that information about public school, I, so I think Shannon to me summed it up perfectly. I think Gina didn't open up very much. I don't think she likes Bronwyn. Thought? She was, I think in her delivery, and again, she had no idea that Gina was going to like, jump her throat but she I mean she says oh like public school and you know she could have immediately and I think she tried to say like oh I didn't mean that I was trying to say this I mean I think she had pure intentions it just didn't get communicated in the best way for Gina and maybe they both were miscommunicating you know Gina's already sensitive to this Bronwyn and Gina don't have the closest relationship so maybe bringing up public school wasn't the best thing and then everybody quickly jumped on Brahman because she said that three of her kids went to public school. Uh, but then it came, turned out they went to a charter school, which is slightly different than a public school. Um, but it's not in the sense that, like, if you have money, you get in. It's more like just it's a different type of sort of application process. But to my knowledge, at least the charter schools in the St. Louis area are not based on financial need or financial like, how much money you have. But it just, the whole thing came across wrong. And I felt like from there, then the party just took a really weird turn and like they were just dumping cake on Vicky. Yeah. And the cake moment was really strange. It was, it did take like the weirdest turn at the end. I just felt so confused too. I'm like, where, where are we? And then all of a sudden I, this is just probably me kind of getting like bored for some of it too. I felt like they sort of dragged on the Bronwyn Gina drama more than it needed to be. And then they're in the car and they basically tell Vicky that Kelly said the only time she's going to celebrate Vicky is at her funeral. And Vicky freaking lo- like acts like that's the worst thing you can say about somebody when Vicky has called, like told everyone Kelly did coke, that she's a horrible mother. She's not allowed at her kid's school, that she vacations all the time and that like Kelly's husband is the one watching their daughter. I mean, Vicky said some pretty awful things to make it sound like that just killed her. Oh, yeah. No, Vicky is is a hypocrite. And yeah, so this season of OC, man, I'm like, I don't know. It's like, meh. I just think, like, for me, the main reason why I enjoy watching is to see what little bit more we learn about Bronwyn. Each time I feel like she drops a little bit more about herself or a little bit more about her family. I truly think they should have a spinoff. I would love to ask her that. Like, that's something I want to ask her at BravoCon. It's like, would you do a spinoff? And is it in the works? Because I think I think it should be. Oh, yeah. She's definitely interesting enough to have a spinoff. And again, guys, you've heard us say this a lot, but she's basically carrying the season on her back, in my opinion, in terms of keeping it interesting, storylines, the fights, you know, the fights, her mom, like there's all all arrows point to Bronwyn. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I would say I would keep Bronwyn and honestly, Kelly, because she does keep it kind of interesting and says things that she shouldn't, but like kind of what everyone's thinking. But other than that, I just feel like, you know, I think they demoted Vicky to give everything a shake up and hoping that the season would be better because of it. And then we're just not seeing it. And honestly, I don't know why they demoted Vicky. She's in every freaking season, like every freaking episode. She's going on every trip. Like, what is she really? She didn't hold an orange. That's about it. No, that's about it. Well, this brings us to one of our favorite parts of our show, which is the shout out. And Abby, I haven't shared this with you on who I, I think was actually going to surprise you. Okay, oh, my go. God. Okay. Okay. I was going to say the women of New Jersey. Oh, okay. I love it because I cannot wait for them to come back. I think New Jersey and New York are probably 
my top two favorite cities. Uh, Beverly Hills is really close, even though last season kind of tanked. But I was going to give our shout out to one of our newer followers named Liz. I'm not going to say her last name, who is not able to make BravoCon and sold her ticket to me for exactly to the penny what she paid. And I just think this is the nicest thing because there are people out there selling their tickets for thousands upon thousands of dollars. And I think it's ridiculous to think that somebody's going to pay that much. Or I think it's ridiculous for those who that want to go so bad that they have, because I don't think that's fair. So thank you to Liz for being a good person. I feel like my husband was nervous. I could tell I think her husband was nervous because basically we don't know one another. I gave her my address. She shipped it. Once I had a tracking number, I then Venmoed her money. But for really all we ever, like for all I knew, she was conning me. For all she knew, I was conning her out of it. (laughs) And at the end of the day, they're still good people. But both Vanessa and I will be (laughs) at BravoCon. I am so excited. I just want to say thank you. So many people have been sending in the tea contest that's going on with uh, pure tea and I kept thinking about like oh maybe I'll I'll do it and then I can sell my ticket for exactly what I paid for it but just knowing that I have one I just don't feel like it's right for me to enter so I hope somebody wins it and somebody else gets to be there but we're just I think I'm just so thrilled that both you and I get to go I can't I can't believe how ridiculous it was to get a ticket but I'm just so happy I'll be there oh my god guys we cannot wait and we will share everything that we know and we will be posting stories we might get drunk and go live shit's gonna get crazy it's gonna be so much fun abby and i are like planning our outfits we're trying to not be the cool we want to be like the moms ever it's uh we're so freaking excited and if you're gonna be there and we don't know about it like let us know we'd love to meet you and see any of you we would love that all right. And the only way you're going to know what's happening at BravoCon is if you follow us. So make sure you're following us at Real Moms of Bravo. Make sure you're subscribing to our podcast because you better believe we're going to do a bonus BravoCon episode where we just give you the dirty details that you might not be seeing on other people's Instagram accounts. Uh, and with that, we will catch you next week. You will fail. So what? Everybody does. But your gym, your watch, your yoga pants, they pretend you won't. So when you miss a day, eat the pancakes. Give up on a workout? You failed? Seriously, what the hell? We're Body. We've been a part of that too, but not anymore. At Body, we're rejecting perfection and embracing reality. Not in a Pizza Monday kind of way, in a loving your whole life kind of way. In a, this workout is fun and it's okay if I take a week off kind of way. In an, I'm eating healthy and it's okay if I indulge kind of way. In a, I like myself no matter what kind of way. Yeah, you will fail. We all will. But we're not going to let that be the end. You see that? We're already making progress. So let's keep going. We are Body. Start your free trial at body.com. That's B-O-D-I dot com.